NASCAR has called the race for rain, and Hamlin will pick up his 39th career win tonight, second of the season after winning the Daytona 500, and his third Darlington win in 16 attempts. Welcome back to another edition of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. The first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR, and my goodness, we came, we saw, we conquered. I mean, Darlington didn't see us coming. It was a very good weekend and Wednesday night for uh, the Full Tank Podcast. I'll tell you what, I mean, we had some good picks out there, and they definitely paid off for us. It must have been the long layoff, you know. I had a lot of time to think about the stats and the picks that were out there, so... Uh, we definitely cashed in, so we'll review Darlington for uh, just a second, and then we're going to set our sights ahead of us because we've got a huge Memorial Day weekend coming up with the Charlotte races, including the longest race of the year, the Coke 600. So we've got a lot to get to. We're going to start off, obviously, with the money line picks to win the races in Charlotte, these next two races, and we'll talk about a couple top tens and a top five Yes or no? Uh, we'll, we'll dive into that. We haven't really done that before. Then, head-to-head section. We've got four cooked up, ready to go for you. If you want to throw them into a parlay, have at it. And to end it, we're going to talk about group bets. Yes, they seem to be more prevalent now. And we'll talk about what they are and maybe a, a couple that we like. And I think we're going to use the, the bullseye bet in that section. So hang on to your hats because we'll be getting into it in just a second there for Charlotte. But... We do just want to call out some stuff that went down at Darlington. Obviously, we had Harvick win the first race and Hamlin winning on Wednesday night, which is last night uh, from when I'm recording this. And we had both those guys in our picks for the Darlington double episodes. So that felt really good. The one thing that I really wish I could have bet on, which we just knocked out of the park, was Harvick versus Logano. I said I wish we could parlay that for both races, and he took care of business against Logano in both races. So, um, yeah, hats off to Harvick. I mean, he, he was really strong. They used the same car that they won the race with on Sunday, on Wednesday night, and he drove from 20th all the way up to third or fourth, I think he finished. So, Harvick, very strong as we predicted, and Hamlin was the beneficiary of uh, an incident that went down between Kyle Bush and Chase Elliott. Chase led a lot of laps. We're going to talk about both those guys in just a little bit and a little bit more about that incident, but um, fans are livid. Uh, obviously, Kyle Bush hated amongst a lot of people. It's basically uh, two ends of the spectrum. The NASCAR's most popular driver versus their most hated driver, and um, that's always good for some fireworks. So that was an interesting part of the race, and that opened the door for Hamlin to really drive away with it. And in the rain delay, um, I was doing the rain dance because I had Hamlin to win the race. I had him in the top five. I had a, a parlay that hit, and um, it just really felt good. So I was doing the dance, and once they canceled that race, I was uh, dancing even more. So 
Felt really good. Darlington did a great job. NASCAR did a great job. Everything went smoothly. Uh, Xfinity race, not so much, but I digress. For the Cup Series, it was great all around. So, so perfect to have gambling back in full force and to come back like this and, you know, cash in. It's even better. So let's look forward. We've got Charlotte coming up. Now, this episode will be, just like last time, it'll be for both Charlotte episodes. So, uh, and if you want an update after the Coke 600, if I'm going to, you know, send out a couple tweaks or, you know, some updates of things that I've seen on Sunday, be sure to follow us on Instagram now, at Full Tank Phil is the new handle. We're trying to get that going, so... Feel free to give us a look on there, and that's where we will put out any updates to any bets that we talk about on the episode uh, in real time. So definitely give us a look. Charlotte and the Coke 600 in general, it's one of my favorite races of the year because it's Memorial Day weekend every year, so most people have off the next day. It gives you an opportunity to get drunk, and it's the longest race of the year, so the party just keeps on going, and I love that. The flip side of it, though, from a gambling perspective is when you're doing well, you got a bunch of guys, all your your head-to-head matchups are hitting at the moment. You have the winner. He's in the lead. You picked him, and you just want the race to end right then and there. It's like, when the hell is this race going to be over? Oh, not for another three and a half hours. So it's hit or miss, but I you know, definitely like to sit back and enjoy it. The interesting one is going to be on Wednesday because uh, it's going to give people you know an opportunity to really rebound like we saw on uh, this past Wednesday at Darlington. So definitely an interesting tweak to the schedule, but we're going to start with the the Coke 600. Now, let's start the Charlotte section of the podcast, just like we do every week, by diving into the track stats. And this week's track stats are sponsored by Sean Boyd. Does your company or personal project need some help with the analytics and statistics? Maybe an Excel spreadsheet or two? Sean Boyd is the man. Give him a call. He is the best in the game. When it comes to stats and analytics, Sean Boy, he's our boy. All right, so this racetrack is a mile and a half long, and it's had 120 races here historically. That is a monster sample size, something that you don't really see at a lot of these tracks on the schedule. So 120 races, 16 times the winner has come from the pole position. Happened two years ago with Kyle Busch in 2018, so... Definitely uh, not a rare thing, and it's happened uh, recently as well. So take a look at who's going to be starting on the poll for sure and give them an extra look on Sunday morning before this because it's clear that that definitely is something that matters. Now, if we look at the other stats with this racetrack, the winner has started in the top five 67 times. That's 55% of the time historically. And starting in the top 10, it's happened 89 times. It's 74%. So just about three out of four times, the winner has started in the top 10. So qualifying matters. Now, if we talk about people starting back in the field, starting outside of the top 20, it's only happened 10 times, 8% of the time. So again, this is a track kind of surprised me when I'm looking at these stats. I was not prepared for those numbers. I was really thinking that, you know, you could start further back and work your way up, especially at a a race like the 600, because there's so much time to get from the back to the front. But um, we'll see. I mean, you know, this, this also doesn't apply to someone who qualifies well 
and doesn't make it to inspection. We saw, you know, there wasn't qualifying for Darlington, but we saw Kyle Busch start in the back of the pack and then he worked his way up and he was making a run for the win on uh, the Sunday race. So keep that in mind as you're betting, you know, definitely tougher for someone to work their way through if they fail qualifying, but I wouldn't loop them into the same category as people who go out, they're slower off the truck, they put the car through a poor qualifying effort and start maybe 29th. Those people I would definitely avoid, even if they're big names. So there's a difference between failing qual, sorry, failing inspection and having a bad qualifying run. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled. This will be the first qualifying of the the restarted season because both Darlington races did not have that. So that's going to be an interesting look as well this coming weekend. So let's get to some picks because this is an interesting one. I typically tend to avoid favorites, but when I'm looking at Charlotte, I can't help myself. So strategy wise, what I typically like to do is spread my picks out a little bit evenly or my money out evenly along, you know, some different people and uh, some different odds. In this case, these two races, I'm going to be putting more of my money more of my allotted amount of money on the favorites. So let's start with Martin Truex Jr. Because honestly, when we're talking about Charlotte, things kind of start and end with Martin Truex. He's going off right now at plus 600. That's crazy to me. Um, Harvick and Bush are currently going off ahead of him at plus 550 uh, for both of those. So Truex is plus 600. I jumped on it right away. I have to imagine that's going to go lower. So his last 10 races here, three wins, seven top fives, seven top tens. He was last year's winner and he's just dominant here lately. So when you look at Truex, he's been in the cup series for a really long time. His all time out of all races here, his average finish is 14.1. But if you just focus on the last 10 races for him, it skyrockets from 14.1 all the way up to 6.8. Okay. That's crazy. And he, that puts him at first out of all active drivers in the last 10 races. I mean, there's nobody even touching him. Okay. 6.8 is head and shoulders better than the next best person, which is Hamlin at 10.6. So he's four average points better than the next best person. He is the guy here. And He's got nine lead lap finishes in those 10 races. No one has more than that. And then we go back in history, look at you know some of these races. 2016 was the big year for him. This was a year where he had a perfect driver rating, 150 points. That's the max you can have. Driver rating for people who aren't really familiar with NASCAR and they're just trying to get into gambling. It's almost like a QBR, QB rating. It's not just focusing on the end result. It's taking into consideration the loop data. So if you're leading or you're up front for most of the race and then something bad happens, the driver rating kind of reflects uh, well for you because you had a solid race, just a, a poor ending. Well, 150 points is the maximum you can get. It's only happened 24 times in the history of the sport uh, since they started recording it in 20, sorry, 2005. And Truex had one in 2016 here. So he likes the track. He's fourth here all time when you're looking at the rankings of career driver ratings at this racetrack. So everything about this is directing me towards Martin Truex. But then you focused on these stats that we've been throwing out here. Um, 
really just focusing on the last 10 races, but if he has zero and even more, in his last eight races, he has seven top five finishes, okay? I'm not saying top 10, I'm saying top five. Seven of his last eight top five finishes. That should be enough to have you pause this podcast and pull up your sports book and put a bet on Truex right now. I mean, that's how I feel about it. That's honestly what I did as soon as I saw the number. I, I couldn't imagine that it was plus 600. So had to pull the trigger on it. Act now because it, like I said before, it's Truex and then everybody else at this racetrack. But let's start talking about somebody else because there is another favorite that I like and I'm going to have to call out Kyle Busch here. So towards the end of last season, I was fading Kyle Busch and I tend to try to avoid betting on him, but at this racetrack, it's going to be very tough to avoid that. So I'm putting money on Kyle Busch this weekend. He's going off right now at plus 550. To start the day, he was actually plus 400. And right now, as I'm recording this, he's going off at plus 550. So I like that enough to throw a bet on him right now. His last 10 races, he has one win, four top fives, and six top tens. Really solid. And we talk about a perfect driver rating. Truex had one. Well, so did Kyle Busch in 2018. He led 377 laps dominated that race. He won from the pole. So that was a, a perfect night for Kyle as well. His career, he, out of all active drivers, is second in driver rating. His average finish is 11.9 in his last 10 races. So really strong numbers for Kyle as well. And you really, Truex, it, it really comes down to Truex or Kyle Busch. He hasn't finished outside of the top five in his last five races. So a lot of numbers I'm throwing out there for you, and they're all directing you to throwing something down on the 18 crew. I'm To me, it's kind of therapeutic because I tend to avoid them, and then when I'm watching the race, I'm like, please don't be good, please don't be good. This week, I'm going to throw some cash down, and I'm going to be cheering for that 18 car. Um, the thing is, he can recover from a poor qualifying effort. If you look at his track history here, he has in the past gone out and been not so great in qualifying or off the truck and has recovered. And he is the type of guy who a long race really benefits. Now, if we're talking about him, though, we have to talk about what happened on Wednesday night because that's a huge deal. So later in the race, if you didn't see it, Chase Elliott was leading for a while. And at this point, I think he dropped to second and Kyle Busch took out Chase Elliott. So this is going to play a factor this weekend or Wednesday for sure. The thing about it is Kyle Busch is the type of person who thrives off of negative energy. Okay. He plays the villain better than anybody in sports. He thrives on it. And, you know, he, he may put an apology out there and say that he's, you know, friends with a, a lot of guys and he didn't do it intentionally. That doesn't matter. Whether he did it intentionally or it was an accident, that part doesn't matter. What matters is idiot fans are going to be tweeting at him all week and chirping him from the stands all weekend. And it doesn't matter to him. He loves that. He loves the booze. So that's the type of thing where you're like, oh, wow, you know, he, somebody's going to get him back this weekend. No, they're not. No, they're not. Kyle loves that shit. So another reason to put something down on the 18 for one of these two races, you know, maybe you want to avoid them and see what happens in the 600 and, uh, and hold off on your bet till Wednesday. Fine. But I, Kyle's going to be a factor in both of these races. 
So those are the two favorites that I like going into Charlotte, but I am going to throw some smaller amounts of money in on a couple other people, and why not talk about the other dance partner in that episode that happened on Wednesday night, and that's Chase Elliott. So Chase going off at plus 900 to start the week here, and he's the opposite end of the spectrum here because he is going to be feeding off of that frustration. You saw Alan Gustafson comments on air, talks about how, you know, they're just sick of getting pushed around. Now, I think here the quick turnaround time from Wednesday to Sunday and really from Wednesday to whenever they show up to the track at Charlotte, it's really going to help that nine team harness that energy and do something well with it. So when I was originally looking at Chase's stats at Charlotte, he didn't really jump off the page to me. He's been here seven times, zero wins, two top fives, and three top tens in that time period. But if you just look at his last three races here, he has two top fives. And last year, he finished fourth and led 43 laps. So that is good stuff. You know, that's that's what you like to see. Somebody who's getting better and showing improvements. Plus 900 is a pretty good value. And I think he has shown in the two races since they've been back and the whole season that he's here to play this year. And he has the ability to, to put the car up front. Last race on Wednesday night, I mean, he was up there leading a bunch of laps. And, you know, he's got that momentum. So you, ha- you have that momentum the leading laps, you have the frustration turning that into positive energy from a team perspective. I mean, they've been getting pushed around left and right, and, and it seems like he's always saying, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sick for my guys. I'm, I'm, you know, feel terrible for my guys. Well, here's an opportunity to go out there and win one of NASCAR's crown jewels, the 600, and, you know, NASCAR's most popular driver can really rebound and get it done. Put on top of that Hendrick power. Hendrick the, the team itself is very good at Charlotte, holistically, historically, looking at all of their drivers. You know, one of my favorite drivers for a while was Casey Kane. He really wasn't that great, but at Charlotte, I mean, he dominated. And really, when he got to, to Hendrick, that was a big thing. He won a couple races, including a 600. So um, everybody on their team has a chance at Charlotte because of how they, that team, has the notes on the track, it just seems like it. So he's their premier guy. He's their varsity driver. And, you know, have to imagine he's going to be benefiting from that. So all of that stuff combined, if I'm not throwing uh, my money on the favorites, I'm looking at Chase, plus 900, a really good value. Now I want to take a look at a complete long shot. All right, so we talked about the favorites. We talked about a guy kind of mid-pack, plus 900. But let's talk about somebody completely off the wall. And I'm looking at opportunity here. Kurt Busch is the name. So it looks like I'm calling out both Bush brothers this weekend. He's going off at plus 2,200. This is the long shot. In his last 10 races, no wins. He has won here before, but no wins in the last 10. One top five and six top tens. Eight lead lap finishes in that time period. He's got ninth best active, sorry, ninth best average finish out of every active driver right now, and that's 14.3. So he won the 600 back in 2010. He's got the sixth best driver rating, so that stood out to me as like, wow, you know, Bush is far down on the odds sheet here, but sixth best driver rating, what's that about? And 
He had, talking about the, the driver rating, you know, the perfect score, he was three points off of a perfect score here at Charlotte. He had a 147 race, which I would imagine was the 2010 race. So um, he can run decent. And he's coming off of a couple good races at Darlington. The, the Sunday race, he finished third, 15th on Wednesday. So Kurt Busch is nothing to look over. And I think if Kurt was going off at like plus 1,100 or, you know, plus 1,500, you might look past him. But at plus 2,200, that makes my head kind of turn a little bit and say, wait a second, you could throw a pretty small amount of money down. And, you know, if he catches lightning in a bottle in that 600 or stuff gets crazy, that one car could be up there. So uh, mark me down for Kurt Busch as well. I'm going to be, you know, keeping an eye on him, especially around qualifying. I want to see how it turns out. But if you're looking for a complete long shot this weekend, he's somebody that I would look to. Because he that driver rating stat really stands out to me in this case. So Kurt Busch, mark it down. So just to go back through the the guys we're calling out to Moneyline win the race, I got my favorites, Martin Truex and Kyle Busch. Truex going off at plus 600. Busch right now going off at plus 550. Good value for both of those. Then Chase Elliott plus 900. And Kurt Busch plus 2200. All right, all right, all right. Next, we're going to take a look at some of the top 10 value picks that I'm seeing here. Now, this is really more about the odds and the value that you're getting out of it more than anything uh, when you're looking at the stats. So I've got two guys here that I'm looking at for the top 10. And the first one is Eric Almarola. He has a value on him right now at plus 175 to finish in the top 10. Looking at his stats, he's got one top 10 in nine starts here. So Obviously, not great, but if you dig in a little bit deeper, he finished 11th last year, and he's had good qualifying runs throughout his time in those nine starts. So his average finish is 16.6. Surface value, that surface level rather, that's not great, but when you look at the active drivers in the field, it actually stacks up pretty well. It's, it's around 12th or 13th compared to everybody else. So uh, pretty solid, and for that number, Plus 175, not too bad. He's done pretty well past couple races. He's somebody that's just kind of hovering in and around that, you know, top 20. Um, he's in the top 10. He's in the top 5. Then he's back out, top 15, top 20. He's just in that area. So he's somebody that could keep it interesting for you if you want kind of a, a lower-key bet. So um, Eric Almarola, plus 175. I'm liking that right now. And... The next one is somebody I actually talked about last episode for finishing the top 10. And this time around, we've got an even better value. So it's Ryan Newman. So he went out and did pretty well, ran into some bad luck, especially in that second race, but uh, plus 325 to finish in the top 10. Now, that value or that odd would make me think, all right, maybe he really sucks at Charlotte, but not terrible. He's got one top five, five top tens in his last 10 races. So 50% of the time he's hitting it. And his average finish, 15.7. So he's had some bad luck lately. We've got to call that out. Um, his last few races have not been good. But what I'm seeing right now is that value. That's a big opportunity right now. Um, I still think we have some of that Daytona effect with people, you know, maybe treating him a little bit nicer on the racetrack than they would have otherwise. So I'm digging that 50% of the time you're telling me you can get those odds. That's pretty damn good. So I'm marking that down big time. 
Um, also, in this section, I wanted to call out another bet. So, a lot of the sports books have an option for you to select someone, yes or no, whether they're going to finish in the top five. This is a tough one because a lot of the times the value just isn't there because um, it's a lot easier to pick somebody not finishing the top t- uh, top five than it is to finish in the top five. I'm looking at Denny Hamlin right now. It's where I'm getting at here. So his odds right now for not finishing the top five, minus 165. That's pretty good compared to you know a lot of the other stuff. And the reason why I'm targeting Hamlin it, this is really for the Coke 600, um, is because a race after he wins, he really kind of lets down a little bit. And you can track that back to last year. Uh, so that's why I'm targeting him. Not saying he isn't good here. He's very good at Charlotte. I'm not going to get into his stats. But minus 165 to not finish in the top five, I mean, that's pretty good. You just, you know, blow a tire and, and hit the wall, and all of a sudden, you know, you're cashing in there. So that's one that I'm definitely looking at, and I would um, suggest you take a little harder look at that one as well. So just to recap this section, talking about finishing the top 10, Eric Almarola plus 175, Ryan Newman plus 325, Whew. and Denny Hamlin not finishing in the top five at minus 165. So a lot of good stuff there. Go out and get it. Come on with me. Buggity, buggity, buggity. Let's go racing, boys. Next, we're going to move into the head-to-head section, most people's favorite part of the podcast. And once again, this section is sponsored by CNDTs, custom clothing for any event. I'll tell you what, these guys just put out a t-shirt for a, a random landscaping company. I have no idea who they are, but the shirt is fire, and I wanted it. So again, you can find them on Instagram at C-N-D underscore T's. Once again, it's the letters C-N-D underscore T's on Instagram. Pick yourself up a shirt. All right, so getting into the head-to-heads here, we've got four matchups that we're going to target this week, and we're going to start in the Hendrick camp. A little civil war here. So this is a battle of just history and the battle of right now. So, of course, we're talking about Jimmy Johnson versus Alex Bowman. They're both going off at minus 115. So when I say history, it's because Jimmy Johnson, he has all the stats here. The problem is when you're reading through the the stats, you see he's number one on a lot of the stuff, and we'll get into it. It's not the same. He's not the same Jimmy Johnson as he was when he was ripping and running, knocking down all those numbers. So um, all time... He has the best driver rating here. In the last 10 races, four, excuse me, last 10 races, two wins, four top fives, and six top tens. And he's got the best all-time average finish at 12.2. All right, so good numbers there for Jimmy Johnson. You could easily understand why someone would want to bet on him. You're just banking on it being the Jimmy of old, you know, is he going to catch fire here in his last season, his last Coke 600 riding in the 48, you know, that's what you're thinking about. Then we take a look at Alex Bowman. All right. He's been here seven times, but three of those have been in the 88. So a real car he's been in three times, two top tens. And, uh, those both came since he's been driving in the 88 
car the last two years. So he's led eight laps last year. So that's, again, signs of improvement. He's getting up towards the front. And in the last two years, they are split, one and one. Um, so Bowman won this battle head-to-head last year at the Coke 600. So it really is what you're more comfortable with. You know, do you trust Jimmy Johnson or not? Yes or no? And from what I'm seeing, I'm going to go with Alex Bowman. Not because I'm hating on Jimmy, but more so I'm seeing strides from Bowman at this racetrack, and I'm seeing him poking up this season as someone who, I mean, he just got a contract extension, so clearly Rick Hendrick thinks that he's the guy. Um, he's someone that is really trying to say, hey, I'm, I'm one of the best drivers in the sport. He already has a win this year. People forget that from before the the stoppage happened. So he is my pick. I could easily see this being split. So, you know, if you're you want to try to hedge the bet here, whoever wins on uh, Sunday, do the opposite on Wednesday. I could see that. But my pick, you know, in the sand right now is uh, Alex Bowman over Jimmy Johnson. All right. So the next matchup, looking at Kevin Harvick versus Brad Kozlowski, two heavyweights, and these two really know their way around this racetrack. So Harvick going off to win the race as one of the favorites right now, along with Kyle Busch, but I didn't pick him. Um, I didn't pick him to to win the race. In this matchup, though, uh, he may be my guy, but let's take a look. So he's got one win, five top fives, and eight top tens in his last 10 races. His driver rating is fourth out of every active driver. So pretty damn good for Kevin Harvick. And Brad Kozlowski, on the other hand, no wins, but two top fives and six top tens. So, you know, he's hanging in there, and he's got a driver rating here of eight. So when you see these two names on the list, you think that's a pretty solid matchup. But when you actually look at the stats, it it seems like it's definitely favoring Harvick. He is the favorite here minus 150 to Brad Kozlowski's minus 106. So the books seem to have that one right. In the last 10 years, these two head-to-head at this racetrack, Harvick has the 7-3 to lead, and Harvick just has the momentum. He had the win on Sunday. He finished third on Wednesday. These guys actually finished 3-4. Um, so Kozlowski's right there, but... I'm still going to go with Harvick in this matchup, lock it in. Even though he's the heavy favorite, I'm locking it in. Next matchup, a little bit further down in the pack, but two guys who were popping up this last weekend at Darlington, and we're talking about Ryan Blaney and Clint Boyer going head-to-head. They're both going off right now at minus 115. So, two guys who don't necessarily have great stats. That's what makes it an interesting bet. Ryan Blaney has eight starts here. He's got one top 10. It's a little surprising to me, actually, because Blaney, you know, is someone who's supposed to be one of the up-and-coming guys in the sport. Now, he hasn't been in fantastic equipment his whole career, all of those eight starts, but uh, one top 10. His average finish is 23.5, two laps led total. Let's look at Clint Boyer. No top 10s in his last 10 races. Wow, that's shocking. And average finish is 20.8. So a little bit better average finish, but no top 10s. If we're looking head-to-head in the eight races that these two have been in there together, Boyer has the 5-3 lead versus Blaney. And 
at that point, you know, when you're looking at the stats and you can't really grab a winner out of the stats, you just have to kind of look at, you know, what's happening right here, right now. Boyer, even though he ended up having some some bad luck at the end of the, the race on Wednesday, he seems to me like someone who is kind of flown below the radar right now. Um, sort of surprising to me that he was leading the race on Wednesday night. Uh, so I feel like he's has he's got a little bit more momentum than Blaney. Blaney, obviously, he was a force too, but he's had he's been bad luck Blaney too much. Uh, two times in a row, two races in a row. You know, that's just kind of the thing where when you're snake bit, you're snake bit. So until he proves me otherwise, I'm going to have to go against him. Um, Boyer, just the fact that, you know, he has Harvick overshadowing him and, you know, really jumped out and said, like, hey, I'm here. Remember me. You know, I'm, I'm a big deal, too. Um, that stood out to me as a win for that 14 team. So the fact that they were able to leave all those laps, mark me down. Clint Boyer, minus 115. We'll see what happens. I'm just kind of banking that the bad luck Blaney thing continues, but we'll see. Then the last one, I've got an interesting one. And it's Eric Jones going off at minus 125, taking on Ricky Stenthouse Jr. Now, bizarre matchup here because Jones is not somebody that I think of when I think of Charlotte. And Stenhouse is absolutely, when you hear Ricky Stenhouse, you're thinking super speedways. You know, wake me up when we get to Talladega or Daytona. Uh, But looking at the stats, so Eric Jones, who is the heavy favorite here, he's got one top 10 in four starts at Charlotte Motor Speedway. All right. 2017 was that top 10. Last year, he finished dead last. So doesn't have any momentum coming at this racetrack. Obviously, he's raced well in this past, you know, seven day period at Darlington. Um, but let's take a look at Rick Stenhouse, Ricky Stenhouse, excuse me, because it's an odd matchup. When you look at that on the, the book, you're like, well, why are these two matched up? Stenhouse is going off at plus 100, one top five, two top tens in his last 10 races. He finished fifth last year at this racetrack at the Coke 600. So it, maybe it's just because like the Coke 600 has that extra feel to it. Even though it's a mile and a half racetrack, it has just that crown jewel feel. Ricky Stenhouse comes to play, I guess. Um, Stenhouse in the four races that these two have been together, he has a three, one lead head to head, which is surprising to me. So because of the fact that Stenhouse has shown he can do well here fifth last year, Jones dead last last year. Uh, the fact that Stenhouse has the advantage mano a mano at this racetrack historically, three to one. And the fact that Stenhouse has something to prove. I mean, he was embarrassing last Sunday where he wrecked out on the first lap coming back from the, the coronavirus break. That's embarrassing. So he's he's really got to make it up to his team, to his sponsors. He's got a lot of pressure on him, and I, it's the good kind of pressure in my mind. So mark me down for Ricky Stenhouse because on top of all of that, he's getting good value, plus 100. I mean, it's tough to find those in these head-to-head matchups. So Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is my pick here um, moving into Charlotte. So just to recap these four, we're going to go with Alex Bowman over Jimmy Johnson, minus 115. Kevin Harvick over Brad Keselowski, minus 150. Clint Boyer, minus 115 over Ryan Blaney. And Ricky Stenthouse Jr., plus 100 over Eric Jones. (music) 
right, so this is the part of the podcast that we typically call Phil's Fired Up. And in this case, Phil's Fired Up in a good way because I'm seeing progress when it comes to being able to bet on NASCAR in a bunch of different ways. What I mean by that is the best finish in group bet. So last year, this came about once or twice that I saw on the sports books that I use. And you know, you have to really find, you have to find the sports book that works best for you. I know even last week at Darlington when the whole world was watching or the whole country was watching uh, NASCAR, still some books like FanDuel weren't really getting behind NASCAR and offering a bunch of different types of bets like head-to-head, like basic stuff. Well, uh, I know at least DraftKings and FoxBet, um, these have multiple different options uh, in the prop bet section. And I was really happy to see that they were offering more stuff like the best team, the the team to win, sorry, um, and manufacturer, obviously. But best finish in group. So what they do is they take four drivers, they group them together, and they give you odds to see which driver is going to have the best finish out of the four of them, which is awesome because it gives you an opportunity to just bet on something completely different. You're, You're following a different event throughout the night. So... I love this type of stuff, but what I'm fired up about is the fact that it's here again this week. So it makes me think that this is a staple. Maybe they'll keep it in here because the more different ways you allow people to bet, the better. It's just going to draw them in and make it more interesting to them. So taking a look at a couple of these, and I figured we tried the bullseye bet last week. We hit Chris Busher, the 17 we hit. And we're trying to figure out what is the bullseye bet telling us? Is it saying, you know, stay away from this person or is it saying to to go all in? Well, Busher really did not do well. So we're going to give it another try, but we're going to do it in a little bit different way. So I like betting the the bullseye bets, excuse me, the the group finishes, um, the ones that, you know, maybe don't get a lot of love, like a Chris Busher. So there's a group right now. That's matched up together. Christopher Bell plus 165, Cole Custer plus 215, Chris Busher 275, and John Hunter Nemechek plus 350. So I figured, you know, when you're playing darts in a regular game, you throw three darts. These guys all have numbers that are a little bit higher than, than a single dart. So I'm going to throw three darts at the board, and whatever number I'm closest to, that's who we'll take in this bet, and we'll see maybe the bullseye bet is going to come in handy for us this week. So I'm going to pause, and I'll see you over at the dartboard. Okay, we are back here over at the dartboard, and I've got three darts in my hand. We're going to fire them. Last time I kind of shielded my eyes, shut my eyes. This time I'm just going to look away. I'm not going to shut my eyes, but I'll just throw them. Um, As I boasted last week, pretty decent dart player. Won a championship one time. No big deal. Um, so here we go. I'm going to look away and fire three darts. So here we go. See if you can hear it. First dart. One's in there. Looks like to be a 17 from here, but we'll see. Second dart. There's a nine. And third dart. All right. That one is close to the triple 20. So we'll see. We're going to take you with me over to the dartboard and Whatever number the value of these three darts equals, the closest driver number will be. So it is a 20 plus 17, that's 37. Very close to John Hunter Nemechek's 38. Uh, So 37 plus 9 would be 
46. Let's see. I think that's going to be a Cole Custer situation. Cole Custer driving the 41 car is going to be our bullseye bet this week. I'll see you back over at the microphone. Okay, so we're back here at the microphone, and once again, our bullseye bet this week has found its way to Cole Custer. So he's going off at plus 215 to be the best finisher in that group, and I like that. You know, it gives us something else to bet on, and I honestly think that that could be a a winner, but we'll see. Um, The thing about the bullseye bet, we're going to keep giving it a shot. We want to see if it's steering us to winners or steering us away obviously the first two races it's steering us away but we need a little bit bigger sample size so cole custer is our guy this week and i would definitely encourage you to give that type of bet a look one thing i like to do is i you know i already talked about the guys who i like to win the race but sometimes i like to hedge a little bit and take somebody different you know in the the best group so that way you just have even more stuff going on Uh, so a guy that you may have chosen to to win the race you can either double down. In this case, you know, with Charlotte, it might be worth doubling down on Truex and Kyle Bushes of the world. Um, but I'm just throwing it out there for you, trying to have more fun watching the race. Um, I'm sure once I uh, have a few cocktails in me, I'll be throwing all sorts of random bets around. But Cole Custer is the official pick of the Full Tank with Phil podcast episode this week on the Bullseye Bet. Well, that'll do it for another edition of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. We've got two great races coming up, including the longest race of the year. So go in and get your bets in early and often and uh, have yourself a fantastic Memorial Day weekend with a whole bunch of racing. Remember, drive fast and take chances, and we'll see you next time. Go. Hell no place to go.